Hi, it's been a long time since I posted. It's good to be back. I sort of got stuck in life, in work, in just the day-to-day job of living. And right now I'm moving past an anniversary. So I thought I'd share some thoughts with you about that. This post is called Marking Time. Grieving is such a difficult journey and each of us walks the same path, only wearing different shoes. I don't know about you, but in the early days of my grief journey, I carried what seemed to me like the weight of the world around. To be honest, there were moments when I wished that I were not here either. The loneliness, the heartache, and the pain were almost unbearable. The future just didn't seem like it was a place where I belonged either. In fact, I wasn't sure at all that I belonged anywhere anymore. And I really didn't care. But that was then. And this is now. The two-year anniversary of Brian's death is coming up on April 1st, just 10 short days from now. I've had other widows and widowers say that they have heard that year two was harder than year one. Looking back, I can personally report that, at least for me, it has not been harder or worse. Those are such subjective words, each having its own degree of malaise, depending on how one defines them emotionally. I prefer to describe the past years as simply different. It seemed to entail dealing more with acceptance of what is rather than coping with the disbelief, anger, and abandonment feelings that surface in the wake of the death of a loved one. In my reading therapy, where I searched sometimes frantically for any small way to make sense of losing Brian, I came across a quote from the author Elise Siegfried that resonated with me. She says that in our grieving, we too often see our loved one's death as a, quote, final punctuation mark in the story of their lives, end quote. I thought about that and realized that when I am feeling the most sad and alone, I am looking at Brian's death that way, when in reality, that's not what it is at all. While it is true that his earthly life has come to an end, it doesn't mean he never existed. I know that he existed. I have photographs, letters, cards, videos, memories, and many more reminders that he was very much alive and an integral part of my life for 29 years. He has not disappeared from my life. I don't love him any less. I just love him differently. I am finding ways to keep him alive in spirit, even though he is gone in body. While he no longer exists in my physical life, he lives on in my heart and always will. So yeah, I've come a long way since those first excruciating months of intense grief, but I'm by no means back to anything even close to what I would consider normal. In fact, I'm not at all sure that normal exists anywhere but as a cycle on a washing machine. It's true that when Brian died, a part of me died as well. I have spent the last 24 months running through the storm of grief surrounding his loss, facing grief head on, taking to heart the words of Cheryl Strayed, who in her book, Tiny Beautiful Things, said, quote, it is impossible for you to go on where you were before, so you must go on as you never have, end quote. 
I know I can, and I know I will. I've started this process by continuing to write the next chapter of my life story. And in doing so, I'm finding a new way to navigate life. I am like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I am recreating myself. And I think I'm doing a darn good job of it, too. Nobody will protect you from your suffering. You can't cry it away or eat it away or starve it away or walk it away or punch it away or even therapy it away. It's just there and you have to survive it. You have to endure it. You have to live through it and love it and move on and be better for it and run as far as you can in the direction of your best and happiest dreams across the bridge that was built by your own desire to heal. Cheryl Strayed, Tiny Beautiful Things, Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar. It was great to be with you again. I can't wait to talk to you the next time.